Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. For this, our eighth episode, we're going to discuss Scott and Neil's recent trip to Orlando. For this episode, we are also honored to be joined again by our good friend, Josh. Let's meet the hosts. I'm Joe. I'm Scott. I'm Neil. And I'm Josh, and you're listening to the Stuff We Love podcast. Welcome to Stuff We Love podcast. So before we get to the trip report, I just want to talk for a moment about the Fantasy Football League and give an update on the winners of the league. A listener of the show, Canuck Duck, came in first place. Jack came in second place. Scott was third place. I came in fourth. And Neil was last. Congratulations to Canuck Duck. Good win. Good win. Congratulations, Canuck Duck. And we'll look forward to avenging that loss next season. And that's I think the hosts have some practicing to do. Yes. And that, that is at Canuck Duck on Twitter. I encourage all of our listeners to follow him. He's a great guy. Absolutely. It's time for a trip report. So Scott and Neil recently spent a week in Orlando and had the chance to spend some time at Universal Studios and Disney World. So on this episode, we're going to speak to them about their trip. Scott, why don't you start us off by providing some background on the trip? Thank you, Joe. So I had to go to Orlando for a conference, which was held at a hotel outside of Disney World. And it occurred to me that I would really like to spend some time at the theme parks. When you go to a conference, you don't know how much free time you're going to have. But I was fortunate to have some downtime. And I'll tell you about what Neil and I did on our trip uh, right now. Neil met me in Orlando. And we stayed at the Walt Disney World Dauphin Hotel, which is a hotel that I've stayed at many times. This was at least my fourth time staying there. And for, uh, it's located in the Epcot Resort area. So it's right next to the Swan Hotel and near the Yacht and Beach Club and Boardwalk Resorts. And what's great about it is you can walk around all those hotels and actually walk to both Epcot and Hollywood Studios. So the location of the hotel is absolutely great. The Dauphin was recently renovated. And the lobby was extremely beautiful. What they have in the lobby is an entranceway where they have stars sort of um, on display on the ceiling. So you feel like you're walking into a nighttime environment. And then you walk into the main part of the lobby and they have a water fountain with a dolphin. And they have these hanging glass lights, I think. I don't even know how you describe it. But these lights change colors. And it was really awesome. The... Renovation to the hotel also added a lobby bar called Finn's, which is a welcome addition. Neil and I uh, went there one night to have a drink. I will point out that some guests at the hotel might not like being surrounded by all of the convention goers. There are some people who, when they travel on vacation, don't want to see people working in any way, shape, or form. And there is a lot of that at the Dolphin. That's where it's actually a convention hotel. That's where Major League Baseball holds their winter meetings, in case you've seen ESPN coverage of that event. Uh, We really liked the hotel. The room was standard. I wouldn't say it was anything special. If anything, I thought it could use a bit of an update. But the beds were extremely comfortable. The TV was great. The bathroom was good. And um, we had a really nice time there. Neil, anything you want to add about the Dolphin Hotel? Yeah, well, I always like the Swan and Dolphin. I, they, they put me in a, a good mindset because uh, it, it really does carry on that Disney feel, even though they are technically uh, different than the, the other Disney resorts. 
sports on property. Um, I, I really enjoyed the even the architecture. Uh, uh, Michael Graves is the um, uh, was the architect behind it, and uh, really just it, it's a great location. I love how you could you really get to really enjoy the other. Epcot Resorts as well, which is nice. The Yacht and Beach Club, the Boardwalk, because you, you literally could just walk there in a couple minutes and you're there. Especially, I love it uh, in the early morning walking to Epcot from there and going into the the French uh, Pavilion and getting a, uh, a croissant and some uh, and a breakfast. And I love it at night walking around. It's very peaceful and relaxing, and there's things to do there. Um, so it's you know it, it, it's interesting to know the history of the hotel because it really was uh, brought about so Disney could bring more conventions on property instead of losing that business. And I, I do feel I, I understand what you're saying, Scott, but at the same time I do think that you will also get that Disney feel while you're there. No, I mean, that's a good I, I point. It definitely has a Disney feel, and the gift shop sells a ton of Disney souvenirs that you would get, be able to get at other hotels and the theme parks, and the location cannot be beat. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I yeah. agree. I don't know about you guys. I, I look at those two hotels almost like they're Disney hotels anyway. Um, right. Yep. Same, you get the same benefits. You get the magic hours. It's Other than it not being literally on property, to me, it's a Disney hotel in everything but name. I know exactly what you mean. Um, uh, uh, it's it's a great hotel, great place. Um, uh, and uh, I think the renovations in the lobby really make the Dolphin even that much more uh, spectacular. So, Neil, you want to tell us about our uh, first full day on the trip? Sure. Um, okay. So uh, our first full day was really on Sunday. When Scott arrived on Saturday, I sort of uh, had no idea what was going on. I was exhausted. Uh, but uh, yeah, Sunday was the first day. And we started that day by going to Universal Studios. And once again, Universal Studios just uh, knocked it out of the park. Uh, I, I get more and more impressed with this uh, uh, with Universal and Islands of Adventure, even though we didn't go there this trip each time I go. Um, when I was at Universal, uh, Scott and I, we like some of the same rides, some of the some rides we, we differ, but I went on the Mummy. The Mummy is one of the best roller coasters around, particularly, here's the thing with the Mummy. Some people want to go on a roller coaster where it's all about the thrill. They don't care about story, and they, it's just purely about upside down turns, and I, I like that stuff, and it's fun, don't get me wrong, but... For me, story is is first and foremost the, the most important aspect. And in The Mummy, you get these great thrills, and at the same time, you really have an awesome story component to it. Um, can't recommend that enough. E.T. was after that. E.T., you feel like you're going back in time to when you're a kid going to these amusement parks. And uh, uh, just uh, just it, it, that never gets old. It's one of the most relaxing things to do, in my opinion, is to go on the E.T. ride. And then... Okay, I like the Jimmy Fallon attraction a lot. Uh, Scott, I know you do too, even though we see people online that sometimes bash it. But I, I, I personally think it's a, it's a great simulated ride. When and I love the queue. Good. No, yeah, go ahead. When this ride opened, many people criticized it. They said that it was not very fun, that people who don't live in the New York area wouldn't really appreciate it. But to me, it's just a fun ride. You get inside the air conditioning if it's a hot day. The simulation is actually pretty good. It's a ride that the whole family can go on. It's not a crazy thrill ride. So I, I really enjoy it, although many people in the theme park fan community don't, don't really like it. I'm a big fan of the Jimmy Fallon ride. I think it's great. I love the New York feel, how they really did a terrific job recreating it. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. He's great in it. And uh, uh, and it's also, it was very easy to get on. So, uh, which I'll get into later about on my uh, 
some of the cons of the trip, I guess you could say. But right. um, uh, then we uh, went on Men in Black. Men in Black is a great shooter uh, game. I'm a big fan of these. Um, Buzz Lightyear, of course, and Toy Story. And Toy Story has a variety of games that you play, but uh, Men in Black is just fun. I will say, Scott and I, we both made an observation that we both sat on the edges of the vehicle this time. And you definitely feel the spins more on the edge of the vehicle than yes. uh, sitting in that center seat. I, I did notice that a lot. I, I was taken aback by that a little bit. But uh, uh, I felt really good about my score. Uh, got uh, 100-something thousand, I forget. And then I saw the kid in front of me, I think was about 400-something thousand. And then I felt a little less good about it. But um, uh, Scott went on The Simpsons. Scott does not miss The Simpsons for anything. I so, love The uh, Simpsons. I, I know that... <laughs> Before I went on The Simpsons for the first time years ago, Joe, you had told me it was your favorite ride or one of your favorite rides at Universal. Yep, absolutely. And you were right on the money with that. It never disappoints. There was a family on it with me, and the kid next to me was so scared to be riding it, but he did a great job. Uh, amazing simulation. Absolutely phenomenal ride, and very funny, too. If you, gotta, if you go in it, you have to pay attention to little hidden details in the attraction. It'll make you laugh while you're experiencing a roller coaster simulation, which is a lot of fun. And yeah. for... Oh, go ahead, Joe. I, I was just going to say, The Simpsons is fantastic. I do agree with you, Neil, that The Mummy is the best ride in Universal. It's been my favorite since I went on it, I don't even know, you know, 10 or 20 years ago even. Sure. But it's, uh, it is great. It, the best ride there, for sure. It's, it's, it's really perfection of story and thrill uh, and, and, and the overall feel. Uh, I agree. Um, and and then, uh, Scott also did Transformers, uh, which is similar to Spider-Man. Um, uh I have no really real connection to Transformers the Ride. It's a good one. Uh, Scott, I think you like it a little bit more than me. Um, yeah. And, and then Escape from Gringotts. I did not do it this time because the wait was very long. Uh, the single rider line was longer than the actual line. So it actually was a, um, it was actually easier to just uh, for, for me just to wait outside and check out a couple other things, including the Fast and Furious gift shop, which I'm very excited for the Fast and Furious attraction when it gets there. Uh, I, I love those movies. So and, yeah, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt. No, go for it. I, I was just going to say uh, one thing about Transformers, which is that uh, you're absolutely right, Neil, that it is a very similar vehicle and experience to riding the spider-man attraction over at islands of adventure i think this ride to me seemed a little bit jerkier it didn't seem to be as smooth a ride um but it was it was fun it was it was a very good time and even though the wait for the ride itself was 20 minutes the single rider line i just walked right on which was out of this world and escape from Gringotts. I mean, Harry Potter, what can you say? Universal, as we've talked about on a previous episode, they just do an amazing job with the theming. It's an, it's a wonderful attraction. And the more you go on an attraction like Gringotts, the more you notice and pick up on. So it really requires repeat experiences to pick up on all the things in the video and to take it all in. Yeah, I, I just couldn't do it this time. I'm really not a fan of long queues. I'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Um, uh, this one was sort of the exception there at Universal. Uh, after that, we eat at Mel's Drive-In, which is one of my go-to locations in Universal. Um, I love American Graffiti, the movie. I think the burgers here are just perfect fast food burgers, fries. I love the environment. I love listening to the 50s and 60s music. And uh, I think it's just a, just a solid uh, feel-good place when you're in the park to go to. Uh, there's the Universal Monsters Cafe, which we walked into, and it's a very cool theme. But I did just prefer the food choices at, uh, at, at Mel's Drive-In, and they do a good job moving the line there uh, when, you're, uh, when you're looking to order. 
Hey, Neil and Scott, obviously a ton of variety, um, you know, across Universal and Disney when it comes to food. But on the whole, when you're talking about food in the park, um, how would you guys rate Universal food versus Disney food? That's a great question. Um, I would say overall, Disney has more restaurants, has more places to go just based on the size of the theme park. In terms of the quality of the food, uh, I think right now I give a little bit of an edge to Universal. Based on my experience, I've had several things at Universal at the uh, Mel's Drive, and I had a grilled chicken sandwich, which was good. Um, but I don't have—I I don't think I've dined at enough places in Universal to really fully answer that question. Uh, Neil, what do you think about that? Well, we—in order to fully answer that question, I think we would need to try what's that one restaurant that they say year after year is the best restaurant in all theme parks? That, that's that's uh, Mykonos. That's not a walk-in. Yeah. that's a that's a sit-down restaurant. Oh, are we just talking about? Uh, we're we're just just talking about uh, on the uh, fast food style, uh, the quicker quick service. Yeah, I was thinking theme park food, just because obviously restaurant by restaurant, there's going to be such a huge variation, particularly when you take Disney Springs into account. But sure, and Epcot. Well, well, yeah, def- yeah sure. Disney Springs destroys the in park restaurants anywhere. Yeah, you know, whether it's at Disney or Universal, but. Uh, Oh, and, and Universal does have the uh, uh, what's we didn't get to do with this chance uh, this this trip. What's the uh, the, the chocolate toothsome chocolate emporium, which which we love, and that's a great place. Right, right. That's a wonderful steampunk. Place. By the way, between that and the Edison, I didn't realize how popular steampunk is, and yep. that's uh, that's that really there. The theme parks are taking the lead in that. Yeah, the, the chocolate uh, toothsome chocolate is actually in City Walk, so anybody can go. You don't have to go into Universal to go there. That's a great point. Yep, great point. Yep. All right. And uh, moving on here, with the, uh, after that day, we, we then left Universal. We just did Universal Studios. We did not do Islands of Adventure just due to time. Uh, uh, but overall, great day at Universal. Just mm-hmm. terrific. I'm very excited for Fast and the Furious once again. That's going to be another great attraction to add to the list. And there's so many things we didn't do, but uh, if we had more time, we'd be able to have done them easily. And and, and one thing is, we, we although we didn't stay at a Universal Hotel, I, ha- I, I it's very important to note here that the Universal Hotels are terrific. Uh, and they really, it's just fantastic. I think that since Universal has added the Harry Potter World areas uh, uh, to their parks, They've really kicked up their their game, which forced Disney to kick up their game with Avatar and then Star Wars coming. And I think it's this healthy competition has been just wonderful for the theme parks, and we're seeing the difference in the quality of uh, of some of these rides uh, and, and and attractions. But going back, we then went to the Magic Kingdom, Scott and I, that night, and we checked out the Hall of Presidents, which was uh, interesting. And then we rode Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Uh, now. Scott, I feel like you should take uh, uh, take this from here for a little bit. Yes, full disclosure. I am not really a fan of rides with big drops. I don't mind going on motion simulators. I could do unbelievably intense motion simulators. But in terms of actual rides, if there's a drop, I'm not a fan of it, even small drops. But I thought to myself that we had this fast pass for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. It's an extremely classic, popular Disney ride. And you know what? I, I should just muster up the courage and get on the ride and we neil and i did that we went on the attraction together we actually were in the first car on the train and i'm very glad i did it i had a lot of fun on the attraction it's something that i would definitely go on on future visits um it was not always easy for me i'm not gonna lie and tell you it was absolutely since for me to get through but i overall had a lot of fun and once i got off the ride i felt this amazing amount of pride for having 
having gone on there. So to me, it's sort of a groundbreaking moment in my visits to Disney World because I think this will sort of pave the way for me to get on a little bit more uh, of a series of intense attractions. So that was we're very- proud of you, Scott. Yeah, I was going to say we're very proud of you, Scott. And, and Scott, you. it seems like you really are excited about this. You, 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 it's a perfect example of overcoming something that you're you're, you're nervous about, and really did, really getting to enjoy a different element of there. Uh, thanks. This is not a therapy episode, but yes, it's uh, no, 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 no. I appreciate that, and uh, you know, I know the fans of our show are going to be proud of me too. <laughs> so I did it for them as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, no, you're absolutely right, and I think I, this I had real- a great time on it with you. Great time. Yeah, I, I definitely had a great time with you too. It was maybe one of the highlight, definitely one of the highlights of the trip for me, without question. Um, sure. I got more out of that than I did my conference, so it was really, <laughs> it was really great. Uh, oh, the um, mummy's next for sure. What's that? Yes, the mummy. I think is Scott next. can maybe do the mummy. I think yeah, so. I, I think, think that's where I'm headed. That's where I'm absolute, headed. Absolutely, absolutely. Great. And Neil, just uh, why don't you conclude yeah. by talking about uh, Disney Springs that night, first night of the trip? Sure. And then we we concluded our night after the Magic Kingdom. And by the way, Scott, this is the first time when we left the Magic Kingdom that you rode the Admiral Joe Fowler, which I highly recommend. Sometimes this is an important part of Disney World. Sometimes the attractions aren't actual attractions. For example, taking the boat from French Quarter over to downtown Disney or Disney Springs. Uh, This uh, Admiral Joe Fowler going to the Ticket and Transportation Hub, it's not like the other boats that you take there. It's it's, it's much larger. You can walk around, get great photos. It's very relaxing, um, especially at night. As uh, I'll repeat that over and over again, uh, is is how much I love the parks at night. But... um, uh, but that was another cool, uh, just a new experience for for you on this trip, and just only the second or third time for me, which I which I love. But that night we went to Art Smith's Homecoming at Disney Springs, and most likely every single Disney trip that I take from now on, I will be going to Art Smith's Homecoming, and I will be going to the Boathouse. I, I those two restaurants are so fantastic in my opinion. Um, the service, the uh, the decor, the the relaxing nature of it, uh, and the food is just out of this world. Uh, the deviled eggs at home, at homecoming, I can't recommend enough, and uh, the fried chicken and biscuits. It's just it's just the best. Uh, so I highly highly recommend it. Um, and it was just a fun night to conclude there. And then we ate at Ghirardelli to get some ice cream to to uh, finish off a very very. Uh, healthy evening in uh in disney springs but um and, and we'll get into the boathouse later but i have to say i also love their music uh that they get they're the live music they play a lot of 90s alternative acoustic and uh i love it just love it but yep that was our night it was a great so. night wonderful memories and then on monday my conference began uh so i had the conference i had a dinner to go to for the conference on monday night and then Neil and I went late night to Disney Springs and tried gelato at Vivoli Il Gelato. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but I think so. And it was great. I had a combination of chocolate gelato and chocolate hazelnut with rainbow sprinkles. It was delicious. This restaurant is located right across, diagonal basically from the boathouse. Yeah, uh, it's right there. And it was probably the first time I've been in Disney Springs and tried an ice cream other than Ghirardelli. And I highly, highly recommend it. So that was, that was great. It's nice to throw that in the mix. So one night you could do Ghirardelli. One night you could do uh, um, uh, Vivoli Il Gelato. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right either. But, um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great – Just a, it's a change. It's a, it is a noticeable difference, and they're both high quality. So then I'm going to talk about our Tuesday night. Uh, what we did was we went to Epcot for their extra magic hours. When you stay at the Dolphin, you get that benefit. 
Epcot was having their Festival of the Arts. And what they have here are a variety of things, ranging from live performances to vending uh, vendor booths of Disney artists and stores that are, sell things at Disney Springs. It was a lot of fun. And we began by walking around World Showcase. We had dinner at Le Cellier. It was my first time eating there. That's the steakhouse in the Canada Pavilion. It was fun to talk to the workers and learn what parts of Canada they were from. We talked about uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the fact he has a tattoo with our waitress. That was an interesting conversation. <laughs> then uh, we had a great time walking around. I bought a print by an artist named Noah, who is a very accomplished, well-respected artist who specializes in Disney artwork, and it was a portrait he did of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I thought that was an appropriate purchase to make, given the heroic efforts that I made the evening before. Then we went to Future World, which was the part of the park that actually had the extra magic hours. It was open from 9 until 11 p.m. We went on Soren, for which we had a fast pass right before extra magic hours began. Soren is great. It's a classic. It never gets old. It's the type of ride where each time you're on there, you think to yourself, man, what a wonderful and relaxing attraction. We how about right after that, right after Soren? What's that? And, and right after Soren, we did the, the land at night for the first time. Oh, yes, that's right. We had the boat to ourselves on Living with the Land, which I enjoy. I like looking at the plants and the uh, vegetation that grows there. Very relaxing at night. I, I, it was especially uh, unique. We then did Single Riders Line at Test Track, where the wait was longer than they posted, but we had a great time. The, the Test Track is the fastest ride at Walt Disney World. Uh, it takes you on an outside loop where you're basically a test dummy in a car. Uh, never gets old and is continually fun. And then the last ride we went on that evening was Spaceship Earth, which had a five-minute wait. And that's, for those of you that don't know, is the attraction located in the symbol of Epcot, the uh, basically the, the giant golf ball, as some people refer to it, um, tells the story of the history of communication uh, throughout time. Uh, I love that ride. Each time I go on there, I'm in awe of the audio animatronic figures and the level of detail the Imagineers put forth in each segment of the attraction. And then what we did was we did some shopping on Mouse Gear, which is a huge Disney souvenir store located in Future World at Epcot. Uh, and then we went to Disney Springs late night and spent time at the Edison, which is a recently opened steampunk-themed restaurant and bar. They had a very good food and drink menu. Uh, we were listening to the music. I forget the name of the band, Neil. Was it the Pearl City Players? Is that who it was? I think so. They were, they were a lot of fun. They did a great job. Phenomenal band. We really liked listening to them. They basically played R&B and contemporary pop hits. Um, the, the band was great. The singer had an awesome voice. I mean, really awesome. Awesome voice. And we were there for uh, probably about an hour and a half. I think they're working out some kinks given that it opened recently. The service at times was a bit slow. They seemed a, a tad overwhelmed. But those are the growing pains that I think any new restaurant are going to is going to experience. So I, I would not let that get in the way of stopping. Yeah, I would no, not let that get in the way I would go back there in a heartbeat. Yeah. And uh, yep. we really, really like the Edison. So that was our Tuesday evening. All right, on to Wednesday then. Um, on to Wednesday, we went to dinner at the newly opened Maria and Enzo's at Disney Springs. Um, that was uh, uh, one of the coolest themed restaurants I've been to in a while. Uh, it has, it's designed, I believe it's like a 1960s airport hangar, really. Is that correct, Scott? That is correct. They have 1930s music playing and the staff wears flight attendant and pilot costumes. 
Yeah, it was. Um, uh, it really when you walk in, it's it's it, it is a really cool retro themed restaurant and overwhelming. And when you when you uh, it's right on the water too. It, it was definitely a fun place to check out. The I, if I could recommend one thing that I had there, it would be the appetizer, um, the uh, eggplant, I believe, eggplant parm style appetizer. That's what what stood out. And the service was very very friendly. Uh, I would I would definitely go back there. It's not yet on the level of the boathouse or homecoming. I'll I'll be honest. Those those two are still my musts. Uh, but this was definitely fun, worth uh, worth checking out. And then we went to the Magic Kingdom for extra magic hours. Now, real quickly, I'll go over what we went on, and then I'll go over some thoughts here to get into a little bit of a uh, uh, con, I guess, of the trip. Here we but go. We went on the we went on the haunted mansion. My favorite attraction, Scott's favorite attraction. We went on the Mad Tea Party, always fun, although Scott does not enjoy going on with me at times, I think, uh, in, yeah, in, a, in a good that's way. That's not true. That's not true. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, I, I believe you. Uh, <laughs> I, I love going on with you, Scott. It's great. And um, then we went on Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. I, I do take that back, Scott. Now I feel bad. <laughs> don't, don't feel bad. Just continue because I'm running out of battery power on the computer. Got it. Uh, Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin, uh, which was which was fun. They were having some issues, but uh, that's always I find that to be a relaxing and fun ride. Swiss Family Treehouse. I've never done that before. That was great. Uh, really relaxing. Great photo ops there at night. No one's really on it, so you could just really kind of hang out and enjoy and, and check it out and and sort of uh, take a breather. Although it's a lot of steps. And then Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, which is of course a, a classic attraction and always fun to go on and one of those musts. Now here's the thing. This was during extra magic hours for the most part, except for the Haunted Mansion, which was a fast pass that we had. You know, it's important to point out that the extra magic hours were from 8 to 10. Yep, that's exactly what I was just going to do. Now, when, when Scott had this conference a couple years ago and I joined them uh, down there, we had extra magic hours. And those extra magic hours were from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. And to call 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., extra magic hours I, th I think is ridiculous the crowds are still high every resort was almost sold out or was sold out on disney property it's not like there was going to be a lower level of guests um because the 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 resorts weren't crowded it was packed this is january off season and to close it at 10 o'clock to say at eight o'clock is extra it could be considered reserved for resort guests staying on uh property but once they started limiting the been doing recently it's really making it less of a i feel for adults especially and really teenagers on i guess those late late hours is a great way for for guests to enjoy the park without all the kids screaming if they want to just relax and walk around to go on without the incredibly long queues but the queues here were terribly long because everybody was there it was packed and and it's getting to be chaotic at times and universal does a better job with the paid express pass because you really are able to get into the front and, and, and you to uh, basically the day of different styles, but let's say where you can get to at least one attraction um, uh, or do it once for every attraction. And here there's, there's really, you don't feel like you're almost getting a privilege here for staying on resort property because it's chaotic and packed. 
10 p.m. to 1 a.m., it's a different ball game. Uh, uh, and, and even 10 p.m. to midnight, like if they want to cut it back a little bit. When your cues are, are are so long, when and this was at the Magic Kingdom, but even during the week, when living with the land gets up to forty minutes on a Tuesday in mid January, it, it's an absurdity. Uh, so so they really have to do something with crowd control. And when they open up Star Wars Land, I can't imagine what the crowds are going to be like, uh, and it's how it's going to spill over into other attractions. And I, I I I don't like being stuck in a queue for a long time. I'm not saying that's a complaint, but it's just uncomfortable. And and uh, especially when there's kids screaming and it's that period of time, and there's tour groups, tons of tour groups now, and it's just um it, it's it it's not the same privilege that it used to be for staying on resort property. I really think they should get extended magic hours back and really use it at a time when people could enjoy walking around the park and have a different experience. And I do think it, 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 I really do believe in that, that that would be uh, that would be much better. Now, I, I see reactions from our hosts, well, and well, I'm curious to get their feedback. No, I want to describe something, and then I want Josh and Joe to comment on it. So Disney, not too long ago, instituted a uh, program where guests can pay for basically an extra ticket and have the privilege of going to the Magic Kingdom until later on at night. And um, this went away, but it actually has come back. And the night after we came home, the Magic Kingdom was having that. That was on Friday evening. So people who uh, had it, were willing to spend the money could go to the Magic Kingdom late at night. So here's my question for you. Do you think that should be uh, that's the right thing to do? Or do you think Disney should give their hotel guests who are spending a lot of money anyway the right to attend the theme parks later on at night? What's your take? Josh, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think um, with you on the latter. Um, I think if you're already paying you know, a premium price to stay on uh, Disney property, you, know, you should have the same, same rights and benefits as anyone else. And if there's another tier above that where you could pay even more, you know, it just starts to create too much of a class system. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's my thought. Joe? Well, I, I mean, I agree in principle with Josh. I, I do think that if you're already paying to stay at the Disney properties, there's really honestly not much more of a benefit to me to stay at Disney properties unless you're getting something like Magic Hours. That being said, I probably would pay the the extra fee just to get some extra time away from crowds if I could. Right. Um, but I would prefer, honestly, just to stay, you know, get the same extra magic hours by, by staying at the resort. Um, but I understand Neil's point about the crowd size and how it doesn't feel like it's any benefit. So it, it's I a tough it- one. I think it all originated with the Fast Pass Plus system. I think that them when Disney lowered the extra magic hours uh, and when they implemented Fast Pass Plus, which technologically I know makes sense, but the the loss of spontaneity in running and getting your Fast Pass at the uh, at the kiosk at the beginning of the park, the um, to have your attractions booked months and months in advance, it's um it, it it does change the perspective of how you have to attend the park and go there, and it makes it I think a little bit more chaotic. I I, I would love to have some type of changes. I'd have to brainstorm how, but uh, to, on another episode. But uh, it, it was it was just it's getting to the point where sometimes you can go to a park and if you do two attractions, it's considered a success based on the crowd. And, and we're talking right now, we're talking third week in January. This isn't exactly Christmas or even just a holiday weekend. Yeah. Normally in January, the crowds are much lighter. People have been commenting online about just how busy it has been at the parks and people are trying to figure out why, but Neil's right. Every Disney hotel 
was pretty much sold out. I several, several times I called Disney's hotel services to see what rooms were available. It's shocking how crowded it's getting. And the even though we were there for extra magic hours, it really was unbelievably crowded. And Just walking to walking to an attraction could take forever in those those crowds. Yeah, and to go until ten o'clock at night is not enough when the when every hotel is sold out. Um, you need to go until at least midnight, in my opinion. But so Especially, Neil, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. You know what it could be? The number of Disney trip reports we've been doing on this podcast is just driving crowd volume up. <laughs> we, in that, we have summed up what the problem is. We are the problem. <laughs> Josh, you know, uh, the New it's York Times. It's like a Tom- Twilight Zone realization. Josh, the New York Times ran a story the other day about our podcast and just how many people have been going to Disney World as a result. So I think you're on to something. Yep. That's yeah, not don't true. expect That's to not get true. into the boathouse or homecoming anytime soon. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to have to start saying the opposite of what we believe. I, uh, but, okay. Yeah, so that was uh, – I just had to go on that 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 uh, comment there. I'm, I'm so I, – I love Disney World so much. I really do. I always have. But this, this crowd control is getting to be a problem. And when they cut back that extra magic hours – I mean there's so many hotel properties. It's uh, – a lot of people could take advantage of that and use it and enjoy Totally agree. Totally agree. And we'll pay attention to that on future trips. Which so, comes to our next day, Scott, at Animal Kingdom with Pandora, where there's practically no weights. <laughs> yes. So um, what happened is on Thursday, we went to Pandora later on in the day after my conference. The Navi River Journey had a 130-minute wait, which we largely avoided because we had a Fast Pass Plus So we waited about 10 to 15 minutes to get on the ride. Uh, This is a standard dark ride. It's a boat ride. The uh, audio animatronic that's on the attraction is maybe the best I've ever seen. The level of detail and the technological sophistication were out of this world. Uh, It's a very beautiful attraction. Those of you that remember the movie Avatar and how uh, wondrous Pandora looked at night, you really see that in person. And even though the land of Pandora is beautiful during the day, I really recommend going in the evening because there are lights all throughout that segment of the park and it lends itself to really great photo opportunities. Uh, by the way, the wait for flights of passage was, I think, 140 minutes, right, Neil, at its height? Just- it's, it, it's crazy. And the Navi River Journey is a beautiful dark ride. Uh, I, I love the animatronic. is awesome. It reminds me of the animatronic at the end of King Kong in terms of detail and realism. It's it's terrific. But But, I mean... Two two and a half hours, like I said, in the third week in January for the Navi River Journey. It's crazy. Uh, I, I I could have flown back up to to Jersey to pick something up in less time. Then we went to Disney Springs for shopping and dinner. I got a really cool hat at Chapel Hats, the store. I think the worker who helped us was Jack. He's not not our co-host Jack, who's not with us tonight, but somebody else. He was really great. We did some shopping at the World of Disney and the co-op there. Uh, and we also went to the Art of Disney store where I got this really awesome print for my home of a uh, 1950s drive-in movie theater featuring the legendary Disney characters. So that's unique. And then we had our final meal of the trip at the Boathouse, which, as we've talked about on this show, is one of our favorite Disney restaurants. It actually is probably my favorite restaurant I've ever been to. The, I love it. The quality of the seafood is very high. The shrimp cocktail was delicious. The... Um, I actually had a sandwich. I didn't get seafood for dinner. They're also known for their steaks. So I had a pulled pork sandwich, which was out of this world. Um, The drinks on the menu are delicious and varied. Uh, The waitress we had was wonderful. She was terrific. I really, really love it. Josh, I know you've been to the boathouse. Was it once or twice? Is that... 
Yeah, I've, I've been twice. Absolutely fantastic. Love the crab cake. Yeah. Me too. Um, yeah, it's a great restaurant. Really fresh seafood. Joe, we're going to go in October when our, we're next there. I've never been there, but I feel like I've been there 14 times now. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the music, the live music, like I said earlier, the, the, is terrific there as well. And, and every one of the waitstaff uh, has been awesome. Yeah, it's really amazing. So uh, we'll conclude the trip report just now because we're going a little long. But I'll say that this was an amazing experience to be at a conference in the Orlando area and to be in, sitting in a classroom setting and to know that you're a mile and a half from Disney World is a very surreal feeling. When I would leave the conference and go to Disney World, we were able to be at the Epcot parking lot in less than 10 minutes. So it gives us a sense about what it must be like to live in that area and have the ability to go to the theme parks literally every day after you're working. It's unlike anything that you can experience in most places of the country. So, And, and Scott, Scott, one last thing. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh, go for it. I was just going to say, Scott, sounds like it was a really productive week for you. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's uh, for for anybody that I work with. Let me be very clear <laughs> that that I did have a productive conference. I went to something like sixteen classes. I learned a tremendous amount. I did a good amount of networking. But in the evenings, for the most part, except for one night when I went to a dinner, um, I, I it's good to get a break from the conference. And Disney World was right there, so I wore my magic band to the conference with pride and didn't care what people thought of me when they saw. Oh, this interesting person with a magic band. Um, and I saw other attendee, at least one other attendee at the conference wearing a magic band as well. But yes, it was a productive week. <laughs> Big Thunder Railroad, the boathouse, it was great. Glad you guys I, I, enjoyed it. And I also think, uh, just one other mention here is uh, Kappa in the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons Hotel there is so magnificent. Uh, what a property. They have a lazy river. They've got two pools. Um, it's in the Golden Oak property. I, I can't recommend that enough. Uh, and Kappa was just a great restaurant. You could see the fireworks at night uh, before getting your table. And it, um, everyone there was great and an excellent food. Let's talk about some stuff we love. Get to the segment of our show, which is very popular. It's the Stuff We Love segment. We're going to go around the table and talk about something, whether it's a movie, music, TV show, um, a product that we're enjoying right now. I'll kick it off. Uh, one of the things I enjoyed recently was a book that I read. It's called Dreaming the Beatles by Rob Sheffield. Uh, Rob is an author for Rolling Stone magazine, and I like him because he is a fan of many different genres of music. Uh, just like me and several of the co-hosts here. Uh, the book was about his love of the Beatles and stories uh, throughout his life of being a Beatles fan and what it's meant to him and interesting tales about the group, some of which I knew, some of which I didn't know. Uh, for those who are Beatles fans or even just music fans in general, I think that uh, reading the book will enhance your appreciation of the group and will also uh, make you a bigger music fan overall. So that's Dreaming the Beatles by Rob Sheffield. Uh, Joe, over to you. I just want to say that I love Rob Sheffield. I think he's one of the better uh, writers on music. And I, you, Scott, you know that the, both of us talk about his uh, articles all the time. So yes. uh, any book by him, I also, I'm also i going to have to read. So I'm going to put that on my list now. Great. Um, one of the things, the thing I want to talk about for the Stuff We Love section is um, a little bit different. It's a pair of binoculars that I received over the holidays. It's uh, called the Vortex Diamondback Binoculars. And these are... Very high-quality binoculars for um, outdoor use. Um, a lot of people use them for bird watching. I, I use them for when I when I go hiking with animal watching and things like that. And I just highly recommend these binoculars if anyone has any need for them whatsoever. This this company is 
really well respected and well known in the uh, optical field. So definitely something to look into. Josh, awesome. what about you? So um, my product for this week is the Instant Pot. So I know you know, many of our listeners may be familiar with this product already. It is a uh, very hot item right now, combination slow cooker, pressure cooker. Um, so, you know, normally, um, you know, this time of year, I love to throw a rack of ribs in the slow cooker and let it cook on low for six to eight hours. Um, this product with the pressure cooker built in cooked a rack of ribs in about 20 minutes. Wow. So through some dry rub in there, um, through, uh, some uh, some cider in um, some apple cider vinegar. Um, cooked it in there for about 20 minutes. Cooked it all the way through. The meat was tender. Um, threw it on a baking sheet. Put some uh, barbecue sauce on and browned it in the oven. Um, and you know ribs that would normally take eight hours were ready in a half hour. I would say you know not quite as soft and tender as maybe a regular slow cooker or a smoker, um, but it was still delicious. So. You know, if you're looking to prepare a quick meal in a half hour or so, it's really an amazing product. And the range of uses, um, while I'm just starting to look at them now, you know, you could do anything from, you know, cook rice, bake in it. Um, you can cook numerous types of dishes um, and things that normally take hours and hours are done very quickly. So um, I've really been enjoying the product and it really is a breakthrough innovation in the uh, cooking space. Awesome. And this is this uh, Instant Pot is getting so much press and love from anybody that uses it it's like the number one thing i i have to look into it that's yeah, great that's a great product recommendation did. awesome great neil on to you sure mine is a simpler item that i use a lot it's uh the creative manufacturing uh lap desk for it's uh it's just a desk i uh, a lap desk i use that when i'm using my Laptop, uh, it has a space for your phone. It has a, a mouse pad area, which is really good actually because it has some friction if you want to have a, any type of writing utensil or even your, uh, if you want to keep your phone out on that instead of the slot for the phone. I, I just find it very useful. Um, it, uh, I, it's bad, it's not good for the laptop to not have a, a, a supportive hard surface underneath it for the cooling mechanism purposes. So uh, I, I really uh, I really find myself using this an awful lot, uh, especially when I switch rooms, maybe go on to the couch, watch TV, but still use my laptop. It's, it's more comfortable. I would just recommend it. Something I just get used out of. And nice. I think what we're going to do is post, start posting um, links to all of the Stuff We Love products in our show notes. So great recommendations tonight. And I'll conclude by telling everyone who's listening where they can find us on social media uh, uh we are on twitter at stuff we love pod we're on instagram at stuff we love podcast we are on facebook we have a, a podcast page so definitely like us on there and we have uh email address stuff we love podcast at gmail.com uh, we encourage you to go to our website which is stuff we love podcast.com and check out our products page there you'll find links to amazon.com where if you click those links and make any purchase at all uh, it'll be helping out the show, so we really do appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate your, your tuning in. Thanks again for listening. We continue to get great feedback, and we'll be back to you soon with more, uh, more content. So uh, I am Scott. Thank you again, and let's go around the room one more time. I'm Joe. I'm Josh. And I'm Neil. And this was the Stuff We Love podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.